Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me, as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I am back, Jack. Man, it, it's been fun. I had, you know, a little bit of a little bit of a vacation, and uh, we were going to do the podcast remotely, but uh, <clears throat> Cooper spent too long at the ocean, so... Uh, <laughs> Cooper got too much sun and couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah. So we we are back tonight and mm-hmm. raring and ready to go. Give you guys a good episode. AEW Talk. How yes, you sir. doing? Episode so, two of AEW Talk. Looking yes. forward to it. Episode two, brother. Two. Mm-hmm. Two. Count them. Two marshmallows. Oh, wait. That's SpongeBob. Never mind. <laughs> Anyways. Are you ready? Let's do it. So let's talk about last Friday's Rampage. We had first up on the match card... The Bastard Pac taking on Andrade with Chavo Guerrero. This match finally happened. <clears throat> it took long enough, didn't it? Yep. So we had Pac and Andrade had a stare down and then began shoving one another. Tony Schiavone uh, informed viewers that AEW, AEW Tag Team Champions Pente El Zero, El Zero Medio and Ray Phoenix initially had come out along with Pac during the en- his entrance, but Pac told them he wanted to handle this on his own. Andrade surprised Pac with a shotgun drop kick. Andrade then would work over Pac in the corner. Andrade tried for a backdrop, but Pac had it scouted and kicked him and then followed that up with a hurricanrana. Uh, Pac would soar with a, a toke congiro con over the, the top to Andrade. Pac then also whipped Andrade into the security railing. Pac then would chop at Andrade, and he was more than happy to oblige with more chops when Andrade said, Let's go! <laughs> Andrade caught off uh, caught off Pac's momentum. That's supposed to be cut off, not caught off. AEW and their lousy writing skills. Um, <laughs> with a DDT onto the ring apron. The hardest part of the ring, of course. 
Andrade followed that up with an explosive twisting planchette uh, to Pac. Andrade then in, Andrade and Pac then fought to the top of the turnbuckle. Pac would get hung up and was at the mercy of Andrade. Andrade walloped Pac with a double foot stomp to the arena floor. Back in the ring, Andrade uh, hit a split leg moonsault onto Pac a la RVD. Uh, Pac fought back with a hurricanrana off the top rope. Pac would then run or ran into Andrade with a pump kick. Uh, he would then attempt a sunset flip powerbomb over the top rope onto the arena floor, but Andrade countered with a backflip of his own. Pac, though, was there to meet him with a thrust kick right in the face. Pac was climbing to the top again when Andrade hit him, causing Pac to lose his balance and get twisted in the ropes once again. Andrade attempted a second double stomp, but Pac nearly avoided it. Oh, hang on. Woo! Down. Uh, the, too far. <laughs> the bastard... <laughs> Uh, floated up and crashed down onto Andrade with a top rope moonsault. And then he popped himself up and connected with a 450 splash onto Andrade. But Andrade grabbed the bottom rope to before the three count. Pac dragged Andrade back towards the turnbuckle. And Pac was looking for the black arrow, but Andrade retaliated with a Pele kick for a handspring. Andrade uh, had Pac knotted up for a double with double underhooks, but Pac managed to escape and countered with a snap suplex. Then Pac followed up with a belly-to-belly suplex <clears throat> on, um, on Andrade into the turnbuckles. Corner turnbuckles, sorry. Uh, Pac used a crucifix pinning combination, but Andrade managed to escape. Pac transitioned with the brutalizer. Uh, Jose jumped onto the ring apron with a stun gun. The Lucha Bros sprinted down and neutralized Jose with stereo thrust kicks. While the referee was distracted, Chavo nailed Pac from behind with an iPad. And Andrade rolled onto Pac and pinned him. Uh. So your initial thoughts on the match? It sounds like it's a really good match, but also, you know, as usual, mm-hmm. um, they need to do something about this, dude. There's always too many people getting involved and, right. and causing, causing the match, dude. Uh, it is what it is, but it sounds like it's a really good match mm-hmm. up until that point. So Right. It's a kind And of it's the, a match we've been waiting for. So. Yes, it is. It's kind of the Wild West, though, in in AEW. (laughs) You have no rules, basically, it seems like. Anything goes. You can be... It's one of those things that's weird because you shouldn't really have to worry about keeping your head on a swivel too much when it comes to just focusing on your opponent. And even if his valet's there, in this case, Chavo, it wasn't really Chavo with the initial distraction. It was Jose who came out of nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) Which then distracted the referee, which you're like, okay, where the heck did he come from? And then Chavo took the referee's distraction and made it worse by smashing Pac with the iPad. So uh, Andrade, though, hugged Chavo on the ramp and then decked him. Chavo got to his feet, but before long, the Lucha Bros blasted him with thrust kicks. They threw Chavo back into the ring and Pac put him in the brutalizer. After several agonizing minutes, Pac finally released the hold. So Andrade was not happy with Chavo and how he helped him win. Boy, dude, yeah, man. Um... I guess maybe he wanted to, to prove a point and do it on his own, maybe. But uh, there seems like there's some tension there. That's not good, man. Especially, you know, Chavo Guerrero's a, uh, you know, a big name in the wrestling business. And uh, putting your hands on Chavo like that, he's not going to he's not gonna go down without a fight. I guarantee eventually we're going to see Andrade versus Chavo. Yeah, it's definitely more like, more than likely we're going to see that. I mean, if you have such a problem with Chavo getting involved in your match, then you should have done what Pac did 
and have them stay backstage. Because that's what Chavo did with the Lucha Bros. He's like, I got this. I'm going to take care of this on my own. If you think you need to take care of it on your own, and you know Chavo's got a history of getting himself involved as a valet for anybody. Yeah. So, therefore, you should already know that it's not a good idea to have Chavo at ringside. So, just saying. Well, either way, I mean, sometimes it's in your favor. Sometimes it's where people screw up. and then, But Andrade's got, he's got a big head, and he gets... Mad over stupid stuff, and mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens with this. Right. All right. So a video montage aired from Adam Cole and Brian uh, Danielson's debuts, including comments from each one. The elite as a fact, the elite as a faction, but as I like to call it, a bro- as a brotherhood, is incredibly special. The elite was designed as a bunch of very individually talented professional wrestlers coming together to show how powerful we really are. I trust Kenny Omega with my life, and he trusts me. I trust the Young Bucks with my life, and they trust me. From Adam Cole. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that. I don't. I don't. I don't particularly believe that Adam mm-hmm. Cole is kind of. He's about. He's about Adam Cole, baby, and uh, just like the lead, they're all about themselves. They act like they're, you know, together, but in the end, they're gonna implode. I guarantee. Yeah. Uh, more from Mike. Uh, I'm sorry, I almost said Michael Cole. My <laughs> bad. Adam Cole, Christian Baring Danielson. They're special. There's a reason people look at them so highly. There's a reason people respect them so much because their body of work is undeniable. The difference is they think they're going to be able to keep up with guys like me. I can promise you that I'm not even in my prime yet, and I will wipe the floor with Brian Danielson. Danielson said, "Adam Cole, fighting words. Oof. Yeah, Ooh, fighting words." Yeah. All right. The American Dragon Brian Danielson. The way that all of the elite acts and dresses sound to me like people who are insecure. So I'm not exactly going after all of the elite. I'm going after one member of the elite. I've heard how great Kenny Omega is. I've seen how great Kenny Omega is. The reality is I'm just ex- I'm just excited to get into the ring and wrestle. I'd love for it to be um, with Kenny Omega. I would love for Kenny to be my first match. If he doesn't want to step up, there will be somebody else. Because one of the things I love about AEW is everybody's hungry. Everybody wants to prove themselves. And I'm here, and I'm game. Let's go. Yeah, man. Uh, The only thing that concerns me with all this is you're going after Kenny Omega. That means the Elite will get involved. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to get to see the the real true one-on-one you know, <clears throat> match that we want to see because the elite, uh, th- that's one thing that AEW literally has to slow down on, guys. Yeah. You have to slow down on bringing so many people involved in a match and letting it be the deciding factor. Yeah. That, uh, let them wrestle it out, man. When's the that, last time Kenny Omega's won a match by himself? Yeah. Yeah. I can't even recall. So. Was it? I think it was the last time he really, honestly faced Moxley before he was champion, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's the last time he actually won a match clearly by himself. Ever he since did, he did pretty well against Christian, but I mean, it's just. Uh. But he still had his cronies nearby. Yeah, so that's the problem. All right, so next up we had the women's uh, AEW Women's World Champion Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, so she don't yell at us. Jamie Hayter and Rebel <laughs> taking on the Galaxy's Greatest Alien, Chris Statlander, Rio, and the all-out 2021 Casino Battle Royale winner, 
Ruby Soho. So Baker took down Rio and was looking for a pin right away. Rio bridged out and caught Baker with a drop kick to the nose. Chris would tag in and Baker almost had her in an arm bar, but Chris managed to roll out. She, uh, Chris would then powerbomb the AEW Women's World Champion. Statlander propped uh, Rio on her back and then used her to kick Rebel. Jamie Hayter tagged in and Rio tripped her, but Hayter uh, tripped her up. Hayter was draped over the middle ropes and Rio ran across the ring and waffled Hayter with a double boots to the face. Oh, yikes. Ooh. Behind ref Paul Turner's back, Rebel kicked Rio from behind. When Rio ran into the ropes, Hayter moved in and nailed Rio with a snapping vertical suplex. Ruby Soho would make a tag and clean house of J on Jamie Hayter. Uh, Hayter rallied back and planted Chris Statlander with a backbreaker. Rebel tagged in and she and, and Hayter tried for a double suplex on Statlander. Chris countered with a double suplex on Rebel and Hayter. Britt Baker finally entered the fray uh, but was quickly dispatched by Chris Statlander. Rebel threw her body on top of Britt Baker to act as a human shield. Rio jumped onto the shoulders of Chris Statlander and double foot stomped, double foot stomped onto Rebel and Dr. Britt Baker. And then Soho tagged in and rocked Rebel with a Pele kick and then pinned her. What a statement. A Pele kick. Nice. Yeah, that's an interesting way to finish a match with a Pele kick. Yeah, I love them Pele kicks. Uh, especially if they're done, you know, the right way. So Yeah, they're also fun to watch on the soccer field. <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, man. Sounds like a good match and, and good start for Ruby Soho. She's still undefeated as as uh, her AEW career starts. So mm -hmm. that's that's pretty awesome. All right. All right. More momentum toward toward uh, facing Britt Baker in the future. Yes, I can't wait to see that match. That's gonna be a good one. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. All right. Are you ready for the main event from Rampage? Let's get it. So we had the acclaims, Matt Caster with Anthony Bowens taking on Brian Pillman Jr. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Pillman wasted no time and charged into the ring. He dumped Caster with a double leg takedown. Pillman grounded and then pounded on the Platinum on Platinum Max. That's a weird name. The hometown fans were chanting "Fly and Brian." Pillman showed off his agility with a dropkick through the ropes to the acclaimed. Uh, to the acclaimed, sorry. Pillman was about to springboard onto the onto the ropes when. Excuse me. Bones grabbed his leg and pulled him down to the floor. Caster hurled Pillman down to the ring apron, and then Caster dropped a knee on Pillman as members of Pillman's family watched from ringside. Caster planted Pillman with a suplex and followed up with a hard kick. Pillman came back, though, with a crisp uh, clothesline to Max Caster. Pillman ran in with another clothesline. Uh, Caster met Pillman on the top turnbuckle, but Pillman knocked him down with a headbutt. Pillman took flight out on to the outside with a crossbody press to, to Bowens. Uh, then Caster tried to hit the mic drop elbow off the top rope, but Pillman dodged it. Pillman springboarded off the ropes with a clothesline and pinned Caster. After the match, Bones blindsided Pillman. Then the, then the acclaim began to double-team Pillman Jr., and Bones impaled Pillman with a DDT. Moxley ran out, with, ran out to even up the odds. He rocked Bones with a boombox shot to the head. Pillman connected with a thrust kick to Caster, who was sent into the waiting arms of John Moxley which Moxley finished him off with a paradigm shift. Yeah, man. Total chaos on Rampage. How you doing? All right. Uh, it is, it's good to see, you know, Pillman get the get the win on this. Too bad he was he was beat up on after the match, of course. All right. Uh, but thank God for the save from Moxley. There you go. All right. Well, at least 
even though Bowens did get involved a little bit, but it wasn't the final outcome yeah. of the match, which is nice to see. So even though Bowens was involved in the match when he shouldn't have been, it didn't cost Pillman the match overall, so he got the win. Unfortunately, the numbers game ended up out getting to uh, Pillman. But luckily for him, Moxley came down and evened the odds, and they were able to escape further damage that could have been caused <laughs> to yeah, Pillman. Man. Especially, you know, around your family and your hometown fans. It's always good to get a win. Yes, sir. All right. Are you ready to shift gears to dynamite? Let's do it, brother. Let's get going. Let's smoke this out. Let's get it done. Yes, sir. And in the surprising news, we don't start the night off with a tag match. Huh? <laughs> I know, right? It's unbelievable. Making his AEW in-ring debut, it was the Elite's Adam Cole versus the Elite Hunter, Frankie Kazarian. Frankie and Cole started with beautiful catch-ass catch-can wrestling. What? I I don't even know. It's like tie-ups, dude. Okay, whatever. They just... Ch- they try to make it sound pretty, bro. It's it's never pretty. It's wrestling. It's never pretty. Unless you're just going to have the women wrestle. It's, then it's pretty. But after that, no. Anyways, Cole would send Kaz over the top rope and he went crashing down hard onto the arena floor. Uh, Cole would use a pump kick uh, right in the mush to Frankie. Uh, Frankie would roll up Cole and then twist it in like a pretzel for submission maneuver. Cole would kick his way out of it, though. Kaz blocked a thrust kick from Cole and countered with a reverse suplex for a near fall. He crushed Cole with the double knees in the corner. Uh, Kaz, though, would get blasted by a super kick from Cole for his troubles. Cole headed up to the top rope for the Panama City Sunrise, but Kaz had it scouted. Frankie hit a springboard leg drop off the ropes for a near fall on Cole. They traded strikes, and Kaz fired back with a lariat. The fans in the sold-out arena chanted, This is awesome! Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Cole spiked Kaz, though, with the Panama City sun, uh, Sunrise, and he finished off Kaz with a running knee, pinning him for the victory. Cooper. Hey, man, what a way to start your AEW career. Adam Cole, baby! Woo! Getting the win. How you doing? Yes, sir. So, after the match, Cole grabbed a microphone after his victory, who was ready for, uh, and stating, who's ready for a story time with Adam Cole, baby? Woo! Hope is a dangerous thing. That locker room hopes it can keep up with the elite. Guess what? It's not going to happen. I've only been here for a short time, and there are three guys who really gotten under my skin. Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. If they're so tough, how about next week on Rampage, Grand Slam, the th- Grand Slam, them three against Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. The Super Click is back, baby. We'll see what happens with this, man. That's going to be a good match. Uh-huh. Now, is he talking about actually next week, or was he talking about tonight's Rampage? <laughs> right. That's the only thing I don't get. It's, it's like tonight's Rampage, I'm sure. Because <laughs> it's the same week. It's not a different week if you're talking about the upcoming Rampage, man. It fr- happens on Friday. Anyways, we do have a tag match, though. The second match of the night is Dante Martin and Matt Seidel taking on FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Hardwood with Tolly Blanchard. Tony Blanchard is everywhere in AEW, man. Who right. isn't he ma- managing? Right. It's unbelievable. But I give him credit. I'm glad he's enjoying his life. He gets to do things because his daughter ain't doing shit in wrestling right now. So, guess what? Have all the fun you want. Because <laughs> <laughs> I heard uh, she's so toxic that both AEW and WWE don't want to sign her ass. That's how toxic she is right now. Yikes. So, <clears throat> anyways... <laughs> 
So Dax would smash Dante in the corner with forearms. Dante tried to spring over the top rope, but Cash kicked him, altering his trajectory and knocking him to the arena floor. Cash punished the chest of Dante with chops. He rammed Dante with, into the steel ring post, and FDR tried to double team, but Dante uh, tried to double team Dante, but Dante outmaneuvered them and made a tag to Matt Seidel. Uh, Dante and Matt used an incredible double springboard off the top ropes onto FTR and the outside of the ring. Uh, onto the outside of the ring. Okay. Dante defied gravity with a head of steam and delivered uh, drop kicks to FTR. Wheeler struggled with a black, uh, backslide and ate at a hurricanrana from Matt Seidel. FTR, though, would ra- rally back with a big rig on Dante for the pin. Cooper, your thoughts? Sounds like a good match, dude. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, nobody got involved. It wasn't, you know... It's fair game, dude. That's kind of match. Uh, let's see. The only person that really would have gotten involved in this was Tully. Um, yeah. Because that's just kind of how he is as a manager. Um, but him not getting involved was kind of right. But he didn't have really... Because FTR really kind of runs on their own. They don't really run with anybody. So, so, since we're on the subject of Tully, let's get back into this, you know, Blanchard situation. Okay. What's up with Tess? I told you she's toxic, according to reports that AEW and WWE are not going to sign her at this current time. Toxic. The way she basically quit on Impact. Uh, so she has given herself a black mark in in the major and the major promotions of WWE and AEW. And as we already know, AEW has a partnership, friendship, whatever relationship thing you want to call it with Impact currently going, and they probably don't want to sully that by. Signing Tully's daughter. Yeah. Did not really intend to do that, but I did it anyways, didn't I? Yeah. Sully um, soil. Yeah. Sully. The Tully with the with the Blanchard. Anyway, so yeah, unfortunately Tessa's kind of uh black marked and it sucks, man. She's very talented, but you know, when when you when your head gets too big for this business and you think you're bigger than it. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna chew chew you up and spit you out. So at the same time, I can kind of see where she was coming from. This was happening kind of right around when the pandemic was really getting started. She didn't know what was gonna really go on with it. She didn't trust it, and she, she didn't really want to risk showing up and getting sick. Yeah. So at the same time, you kind of can't really force. At see, well, this is where I don't get it because now people were like, "Well, you need to show up because your company will need you to show up." Well, now your company will sit there and try to tell you you can't really come for come be with us if you're now not vaccinated. So this is a double-edged sword kind of thing going on now. Yeah, you kind of took this road that you need her there, but now, but at the same time, are you forcing vaccinations on your on your employees? Yeah. So it's kind of now like because now that makes you look bad too because if you force if Impact was forcing her to wrestle, but she was concerned about the pandemic. And now anybody, now all these promotions, if they're pushing um, mandated vaccines for you to continue wrestling, now you kind of look like a hypocrite. Just saying. Yeah. Kind of doesn't make you look good. Yeah. Where you should have just went, okay, I can understand that, but can you at least come, because she was hiding out basically in Mexico the whole time with um, her husband. I think they're married now. Um, and she wouldn't come back even... She should have really came back and had discussions in face to face with the company's uppers 
man, upper management and had to sit down and actually talk yeah, it I out. I think that's that's you know pretty unprofessional on both sides of the stick there, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very unfortunate because you and I are both seen her, and she is very talented in her ring. Yeah, so. and then the other problem is she can't really run back to New Japan because she's also got the problem with again AEW has a partnership with New Japan. She's not. She doesn't got a whole lot of options. Yeah. Right now, so her best bet might be just to stick to the indie scene and hopefully. Well, and a lot of people said that there was. Per, a lot of people believe the problems that came out about her being also uh, racially insensitive while she was in New Japan when that remember that article yeah, came up when she yeah. was about to win, the Impact yeah. World Heavyweight Championship yeah. against Callahan. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. All of a sudden now she became racist out of nowhere because she said something racially insensitive to another wrestler while they were in Japan in at, in New Japan. So that some I think some of that's part of it. And then also how she handled her situation with Impact. Yeah, it kinda makes kinda makes you think Is it somewhat true because of the fact of the way she handled herself with Impact? Yeah. I mean, you can't duck and dodge and hide from a company when you've signed a contract and you are, you know... Especially since they pushed you to become the first woman to win their world heavyweight title. They pushed you. They probably had other people that they could have pushed against Callahan that whole time, but they decided, no, let's do this route. And then you did that to them. After you became champion. Yeah. Granted, I can also see her... Like I said, I can see her side when it comes to the pandemic, though. You didn't oh, know what was going to happen. You don't know how your immune system is going to be against it. None of us know how our immune systems were going to be against it. Some people took took the risk and still went out. And, um, you know, if they had to wear masks, they would wear masks. But they still was like, well, I can't not go to work if my yeah. company is going to let me come to work. You know, uh, luckily I got a job where now it's... We figured out we can do home work from home, and I might get into work from home, so yay. Yeah. But anyway, so, I mean, so it's hard to wrestle from home, though. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, so that's basically where we're at with that. So, can we get back to the match card? Let's get back to the match card. Okay. Brother. So, next up, we had uh, Jade Cargill taking on the legit Layla Hirsch. Layla took down Jade and began to, a ground and pound. Lay, uh, Layla slept, uh, slept, swept, sorry. Out Jade's legs and then hit a running drop kick in the corner. Layla would transition into a cross arm breaker and Jade muscled out and powerbombed Layla. Layla avoided a pump kick from Jade and then Layla followed that up with a back with a back suplex for a near fall. Layla rocketed to the outside of the with a to, uh, topa suicida and then a running knee for a near fall. Jade moved out of the way from Layla's moonsault. Then she pump kicked Layla and pancaked her with with her jaded finisher, pinning Layla for the victory. Yeah, man, Jade's a beast. Jade's going to go ahead and probably win the AEW World Heavyweight Championship at some point. (laughs) Right. We might as well forget the Women's Championship. She's so badass. Just go ahead and let her kick Kenny Omega's ass for a little bit. I'd love it. She probably could, too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if we just went ahead and did a non-section regular street fight and just had no rules and let them fight, I bet she'd whoop his ass. (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me. She's badass. I wouldn't want to face her in a real fight or a stage fight. Nope. I don't care. You're like, you could hurt me. No. I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter, Jade. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you carry me? 
All right, let's go. Let's see how strong you really are. <laughs> Anyways, we know she can lift your butt. <laughs> All right, next up we had Darby Allen with Sting taking on the chairman, Sean Spears, with again, Tully Blanchard. We're not using that to deviate again. So No, we're not. <laughs> All right, Spears immediately went after Darby. He ran Darby into the steel steps on the outside of the ring. Spears sandwiched Darby's head between the steps and Spears' own knee. Darby fought back, though, and was about to go for a topa suicidal when Tully Blanchard moved into the way. Darby stopped before he took flight, and Spears pulled Darby by the ankle, and Darby landed on his head right on the ring apron. Spears grabbed a towel and rubbed the face paint off of Darby. Spears locked Darby into the scorpion deathlock right in front of Sting. Darby grabbed the bottom rope and forced the ref to break the hold. Darby would hit a basement drop kick on Spears, and then the code red for a near fall. Darby limped to the turnbuckles, climbed them. Spears met him, though, and Darby swept out Spears' leg. Spears uh, grabbed Darby by the chain, uh, by his chain necklace and yanked him down. Spears looked for the C4 on the ring steps, but Darby would counter. Darby sent himself crashing into Spears and then hit the coffin drop for the pin on Spears. Yeah, man. Uh, that's one thing with Darby Allen you got to watch out for is no matter how much you bully him, I think you're, you know, you're the superior athlete to him. He's very, like, he'll get you like that. So that's what I love about him, man. He's just so diverse with his with his move set that he can he can get you like that. Yeah. And Sean Spears. Whoosh. After the match, fellow Pinnacle members FTR jumped into the ring, and FTR began brawling with Darby and Sting. Tully hit Sting from behind with a chair. Sting turned around to go after Tully, but FDR blindsided Sting. Uh, FDR impaled Sting with a spike pile driver, and Tully Blanchard grabbed the towel and rubbed off Sting's face paint. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't do that. No. Oh. Oh, Tully. That's, that's like taking off the luchador's mask. You just don't oh. do that. That's so disrespectful. Oh, do you have a death wish? Do you want I mean, to die, old man? Do that to Darby Allen. He, he's, you know, it's not a full cover he, face he, paint. It's not a full cover face paint. It's just half. It's just, it's just half. But when you go after the Stinger's hole, man. Oh, oh the Stinger's gonna get pissed and he's gonna come after you and he's gonna eat your children. Oh, eat your children. <laughs> I'm gonna go Mike Tyson on your ass. I'm gonna eat your children. <laughs> not that I went. Never mind. Let's <laughs> let's not go there. Main event time. How about that? Let's do it, brother. Let's get this. We got Eddie Kingston and John Moxley taking on 2.0, which is Matt Lee, Jeff Parker, who was accompanied by Daniel Garcia. 2.0 and Daniel Garcia tried to jump Moxley before the bell. Moxley chopped Parker, but Parker gouged Mox's eyes. Parker tagged out to Matt Lee. Max bit Matt Lee's forehead. Mox. <laughs> wow, Mox. 2.0 double team Moxley with tandem offense. After a stiff lariat, Mox finally got the tag to Kingston. Kingston fired off a machine gun chops on Matt Lee. He followed that up with a spinning uh, back fist on Parker. Followed that up with a DDT. Kingston and, Mox and Moxley wrecked Jeff Parker with a combination exploder suplex and lariat. And then Mox pinned. Parker. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, Mox and Kingston, man, they, they're just, they're brawlers, dude. And they'll go in there, they'll bite, they'll scratch, they'll claw. They'll do anything they can to get that win. Even bite your damn ear off. Or your forehead. There you go. 
or any part that they're willing to. <laughs> that makes you wonder. <laughs> Things that make you go. <laughs> Sorry, Ron White, if you happen to ever listen to that. <laughs> All right, next up, we had Suzuki's music hitting. While Suzuki was entering the ring to face Moxley, Archer pulled Kingston out by the ankles. Kingston and Archer began to brawl around the Prudential Center. Moxley and Suzuki fought on top of the timekeeper table. Trading lefts and rights, Moxley spikes Suzuki in the eye with the microphone. And that's how we end Dynamite. Dude, statement made, brother. Statement made. <laughs> the lines have been drawn, and we're ready for this match. I cannot wait to see it, man. It's going to be awesome. Right? You know, is there anybody in New Japan that Mox hasn't pissed off? Because it seems <laughs> like the Forbidden Door... It's been there, kicked it, open by AEW and Mox. Is there anybody in the wrestling industry that Mox hasn't pissed off? Because he just took out um, Matt Cordona too. Yeah. Well, I'm so. just I'm just saying. It seems like AEW kicked open the Forbidden Door to New Japan, and all of a sudden Mox's demons came pouring out after right? him. <laughs> it's like every time we turn around, there's a new New Japan wrestler ready to kill Moxley. It's like um. John, will you stop pissing off New Japan wrestlers? Please. Yeah, I mean, come on. Lord have mercy. Anyway, so. I think it's awesome, though, because New Japan wrestling is just, it's his own elite entity. Oh, yeah. And I love it that they're bringing people over and they're, uh, you know, letting them work with AEW. They're giving them their shine. And people that don't get to see these promotions are getting to see these wrestlers and this and this new way of, of life. I love it because it reminds me of how WCW was back in the old day old days with the territories and mm-hmm. working with other promotions, bringing other wrestlers in and yeah. I mean to me this is this is innovative and I love it man. It's so cool. Oh yeah, it's been fantastic to um watch and you know, like I like we talked about a while back, you know, I still think probably New Japan's probably still number two in the world uh, when it comes to promotions and wrestling because of just how, like, everybody knows about New Japan. There's uh, I love the crowd there. The crowd there is so different, too. Mm. Like, they're very quiet and respectful during a match, and that's a lot different from the U.S. when people are screaming and yelling, and it, it's it's different. I love it. It's cool. Yeah, but then again, at least I guess it makes sense because you still have fans there because it was weird when it was silent in WWE for the longest time. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's kind of nice to have everybody back and for now. Yeah. yeah, for now. But they're back and and everybody's making their noise and get and and they're getting their pops as you call them. And oh yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. Nice. Um and it's just and it's great, and I love seeing how everybody's just working together with the AEW, Impact, New Japan, G- GCW. Apparently, you know what I think it is mm-hmm. all these you know, all these other promotions mm-hmm. are tired of WWE and its big fat mouth about being the biggest company in wrestling. Well. Well, they are, but at the same time, <laughs> if you're gonna take out the con- the Kona, you y'all gotta band together and do it. And I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, but as we've seen uh, in Godzilla: King of the Monsters, even if you all team up, it's still hard to take down <laughs> the Alpha. It very, it very much is. And so, 
I, I mean, it means no disrespect to WWE. Don't get me wrong. I love them, but... He's I still mean, it's It's the fact that, you know, there's... There's new competition. There's new things going on. And these people are more open to, to working with other promotions and bringing people over and, mm-hmm. and giving them that, that, that shine. You know what I mean? Because we don't see that. Because when you see a guy from the Indies go to WWE, what happens? He can find himself in turmoil on NXT for the longest you, period not, of time. Not only that, but when when you see him bring a, a, a in a, you know like a indie guy to the main roster uh, during their matches, they usually get squashed like real quick. Yeah. So um, the fact that you know AEW is working with other promotions, bringing these wrestlers in. And actually giving them their their time to shine. They might not win the match, but they're not going to overpower them yeah. and make them look stupid. You know what I mean? And yeah, they you're going to put over them even if you are having them you, lose. You're going to make it a match, yeah. which is cool. It's better to be over and lose than rather than squashed and lose. Oh yeah, because I respect the guy. I respect the guy or a woman that goes out there and gives it their all mm-hmm. and. and to the final bell, you know what I mean? I I respect that. If you lose, if you went out there and put it all on the line, that's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard because you never... We haven't really, even in WWE, seen someone who wasn't really well known at the time they made their appearance who wasn't squashed basically since Cena first since showed Cena. up. Yeah. On the, with his weird-ass colored trunks and taking on Kurt Angle... And telling Angle the reason why he knows he can ruthless beat him is because he aggression. had ruthless aggression. But other than that, everybody who seems to even will eventually get a start in WWE and finally start making tread usually was a jobber at first. Yeah. Cena at least took it to Angle and we went, oh, whoa, who is this? And the, then the only popped. one that I could really think of that might have been that way. And he's no longer with the company now is Braun Sherman. When they brought Braun Sherman along, he was a part of the, the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. But when you've seen him come out and just the presence of this guy, he was a monster, dude, huge. And I kept thinking, he's going to be somebody good one day. And he he has been. The only thing that sucks is they squandered it. Yeah. So. Well, that's the other thing, though. If you're a big guy, then you're just going to be someone's valet for a little bit. Yeah. Before you move to... Yeah, look at Big E, right? Big E started out that way. Um, well, it started out that way. There was another one that recently that started out that way. Uh, well, I mean, talk about almost. Almost. Almost, has, almost yeah. has started that way. Now he's starting to wrestle and stuff. I'm just saying, unless you're a big guy, huge, super muscular or overly sized giant you're going to basically be a valet then you're not going to be a jobber you're just going to be a little dude you're going to be a jobber basically yeah even if you're around Cena's size when he first came into the wwe you'd still probably be a jobber oh yeah whereas for some reason they told cena you know you're gonna you're gonna lose to kurt angle but you're gonna make angle realize you weren't there to be his jobber yeah so it's just, and it's really dumb because, like we said, AEW, when you get AEW Dark or you actually get to see these guys come in, they may be losing, yes, but guess what? The person that won was in a match. Yeah. They're not they're, the he, squish yet. Even when they brought Kira Hogan out and she faced, uh, what's her name? 
Wasn't it Jade, Jade Cargill? Yeah. And when she faced Jade, dude, I, at least she got off some moves and was actually... It looked like competition, you know what I mean? She was able to actually show off some of what she could do. Yeah. Even though it was maybe, you know... Within... It eventually became a, squ- a squash, but yeah. you at least got to see H- Hogan's talent before it just... Because be- you could have honestly just went... Cargill's... Um, um, Squashes you, you're, squ- you're done. You know. Um, you know, a big boot to the head, and then her finish, her uh, jaded finisher, boom, that's it. You could have easily done that. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to run at her, big boot, jaded finisher, boom, that's You know what I love about AEW, too? Yeah. Is they go all out with their matches, dude. Like, how many two counts do we get? I mean, like, where you think it's going to be a three, and then all of a sudden, boom, they kick out. Yeah. I swear that that's you only see that and in they WWE do it for the big pop. That's what I love, and yeah. it reminds me of like you and I going to see USWA or you know or IWA or anything like that, dude. Mm-hmm. The indie scene is the feel you get when you go to an AEW event. Yeah, and I think that's what some of these other wrestlers like Brian Danielson and and uh, and. Uh, you know, Adam Cole and all of them are coming back to that because, you know, you're getting that feeling again. You're getting that hunger. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I love about it, dude. It's awesome. It is. It's fantastic. Um, I can't wait to see how much more AEW gets bigger. Um, we still got rumors about who's coming still. Oh, yes. Uh, and I can't wait to see what happens. It's going to be fun. Um, and it's going to be... Interesting to see because, like we've been saying, with everything that's happened lately and what's still possibly to come, WWE's got a lot of work to do. They definitely do, man. And I get to rant about WWE tomorrow, and I can't wait because I'm yes. really irritated about what they announced recently. Yes. So, yeah. But we also get to talk about your awesome job of um, knowing things. Yes, so. sir. Before they happen, I don't know how I knew it. It's just it made sense. It just makes sense. In WWE went, oh, that does make sense. It's a writer thing, dude. It's like, and not only that, but I don't know if it if it means I'm I'm great at what we're doing, or if it just means that WWE is that predictable. (gasps) Well, at the same time, though, it's like it's so obvious you would be stupid not to do it, though, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it makes all the sense in the world to do it. Especially so, since you brought the other one back. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to talk about. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. It's going to be fun. And then I get to do my rant, and I'm just so excited. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And then, of course, so that's that's tomorrow. And then Saturday, we got more baseball basketball talk. Saturday? You mean Sunday. Sunday. Sorry. Tomorrow is Saturday, which is <laughs> WWE talk. Sunday is baseball basketball talk. And, of course... We can recap a great weekend of NASCAR and football on Tuesday. So excited. Actually, I can't wait to actually talk about last night's football game. It was kind of nice. It was, it was, it was surprising. Dude. That was crazy. It was very surprising. Sometimes you get those games where you got two teams where they're kind of like, uh, kind of, uh, but they give you a great game. And you're just like, yeah, I loved it. It was worth watching. Can't wait to talk about it. And hopefully we got a lot more to talk about. And I swear to God, if my team, either of my teams lose. This weekend, I'm not going to be happy. All right, brother. Well, I mean, my my our Ducks really shouldn't lose. Yeah, they shouldn't. 
if we lose to Stony Brook after uh, Stony Brook after losing after beating Ohio State, I'm quitting on my team. <laughs> uh, Gators got a tough one with Bama. Anyways, we'll talk about that more on Tuesday. Anyway, so that'll do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keep on talking sports. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sports talk with Cooper in Big Man, that's Sports Talk, W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.